Thursday finance and before we take a look Stephen Pritchard at what's happening with commodities and things like that our own commodities in Newcastle well last month we weren't very pleased to hear Premier Gladys Berejiklian's comment to say that Hunter Street was buzzing we certainly interpreted that a little bit differently and Treasurer Dominic Perrette, um walked down Hunter Street yesterday and uh, he seems to have been pleased. Well, he, he, it's not quite clear what he's pleased with. I mean, if you read what he says carefully, it says he's pleased with the impact. Now, the only thing I can rake out that you'd be pleased with if you walk down Hunter Street is that you're pleased with the construction of the light rail. Because I was down there on, on Saturday two weeks ago and there's just no one around. There's just no one around. And, and as a matter of fact, I was speaking to a shop owner and um, they've been there for a number of years and uh, they're closing their shop this week and next week because no one there's no customers there so i think you know if the premier and and and, and dominic perrot and scott mcdonald uh, are so convinced that um hunter street's buzzing and it's this is all having a great impact i think what they should do is personally take money out of their pockets get a firm of auditors in there and all the businesses whose turnover's fallen they can personally take it out of their pockets and use it to top up the turnover in those businesses now Judging by their comments, there won't be any money out of their pockets because uh, they're all buzzing and we've got an impact. <laughs> Indeed. And he does talk about retiring to Wickham. And that might be a little way off yet uh, <laughs> when the light rail's The sooner the better, I'd suggest. <laughs> If you can ever get there with the traffic across Stewart Avenue. Well, one of my clients calls that the border now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fair. Uh, okay, let's let's move on to commodities and things. Are they being controversial at the moment? No, commodities are what they always are. Um, uh, the uh, gold price was um, down eighteen dollars ninety four cents an ounce to seventeen hundred and ten dollars and twenty. The copper price was down ninety two dollars fifty four a ton to nine thousand and eighty six, and the crude oil price was uh, up five dollars and three cents a barrel to one hundred and five dollars and fifty six cents. Um, mixed bag in the currencies markets. Uh, the Australian dollar was uh, was down another half a percent against the US dollar to seventy three point three six. Um, we were um, up against the Great British Pound to fifty five point nine six pence, and against the euro we were down marginally. Um, 0.1% to 63.49 euro cents. That's generally been yeah, around about the, the same. The, the, only, the, the only major movement really is a, is a half a percent down against the US, the US dollar. Yes, yeah. Yeah, which is the one we all watch. Yeah, but surprisingly, um, it's probably the one that least affects us. Yeah. Okay. It's probably because the US is the most traded currency in the world, and I think Australian dollars number five or something. Um, uh, the all ordinaries market, so we're all a bit poorer this week if we invest in the share market. Um, it's down at one percent on the week to six thousand two hundred and seventy-eight. As of yesterday, uh, the S and P five hundred was 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 down two percent on the week to two thousand six hundred and ninety nine, and the UK index was up almost one percent to seven thousand six hundred and twenty one. So um, stocks held locally. Stocks held locally, like investors like. Um, for whatever reason, um, thirty BHP was up again, uh, up eighty nine cents on the week to thirty three dollars and sixty five, which is the highest it's been since um, May, by the looks of it. Yeah, okay. since the beginning of late May. Um, and CBA CBA was down another fifty cents to seventy two dollars forty. 
Um, and NIB was up 16 cents to $5.66. And Telstra continues its trend toward uh, 250 Mac, which was down another 12 cents to $2.61. Mm. And Telstra was making some kind of announcement today, which I, I don't know what it was because it hadn't come out when I left. Um, and B and the fuel prices, um, Newcastle was $1.35.6, which is down um, you know, 0.6 of a cent a litre. Sydney was $1.27.4, which was down 5.8 cents a litre last week. So we're back to a 12 cents a litre difference between Sydney and Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And the diesel price in Newcastle was $1.37.5, and in Sydney $1.36.1, so pretty much the same as last week. Ah, uh, Henry, another week's uh, gone by. Yeah. Yeah, another year. It's um, it's scary, isn't it? End yes. of the year in a couple of days. Half a year, anyhow. Yes. 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 So, 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 um, Commonwealth Bank's looking to sell. Um, I wasn't quite clear when I read a couple of different stories, but they seem to be selling their financial advice businesses and their mortgage broking. But I also saw someone they were going to sell their funds management business as well. Well, they're going to stick in. They're going to basically demerge their funds management business, their wealth kind of advisory business, and their mortgage business into a separate company. And there was, uh, I guess, there was some hope that they were going to actually sell it or do something um, along those lines that would raise money. But what they're doing is they're demerging it now, um, a bit like what a national bank did, I guess, with uh, with Clydesdale. So if you're a shareholder in CBA, you will get shares in uh, this new entity. Um, for being a shareholder and of course the, the value of your CBA shares will, will drop to reflect that part of the business has been um, cut out and uh, then you will have two entities instead of one and the idea I guess from Commonwealth Bank's point of view is they're trying to get ahead of the Royal Commission in terms of this vertically integrated structure that uh, has come in for so much criticism and to spin out their wealth management business and their funds management business as well to avoid having to do it um, or be forced to do it at some stage if uh, if that happens, and all the banks are doing it, with the exception of Westpac, which is um, sticking firmly to its guns in terms of this integrated financial model. Um, but NABs uh, are certainly uh, heading that way. They're going to look to sell MLC, and uh, ANZ are well on the way to doing that as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an, a, a different banking landscape in the next uh, six to 12 months, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it all settles. Mm, yes, very yeah. interesting. This time next year, when we're talking about the market, will be um, there'll be smaller banks and there'll be other entities uh, sort of standing alongside them. Yes, yes. Anyhow, um, BHP seems to have done some deal to settle a sixty billion dollar claim that it had against us in Brazil. Well, they settled part of the claim. I think um, they settled with uh, some of the authorities. There's still class action stuff that they've now delayed um, for a couple of years, but it's going to cost them. Uh, well, not just them. Vale, who was the partner in this, and, and listeners will remember they had a, a project in Brazil called Samarco, um, and the dam burst and killed, um, uh, unfortunately, some. some of the village, um, buried it under a, a mudslide. So um, they're paying 5.3 billion US dollars to settle this claim, and they're pushing the other claims out for um, for a couple of years. So that the, you know they've put aside money for this. Um, the market's known about it. It sounds like a lot of money, but in the big scheme of things, I guess um, it's not a lot of money. But it's um, it'd be good. You know, it's always good. The market likes to get these sorts of things behind it. Um, and likes to move on with um, with running the business rather than being caught up with lawyers and 
class actions and, and court cases, etc. So it's probably a small, small positive for BHP at the moment that it has at least settled and we know a number. We can we can then work out from there. But it's always the unknown that, uh, that kills the share price or or um, the performance of the shares anyway. Yes, and uh, Amasim... Amazim. Amazim, or is it amazing? Um, appoints, well, the, appoints the founder and the former chairman as the new CEO. Yeah. Well, I've I got to say, I use Amazim. They're my um, mobile providers, and they are, they are amazing. They're really good. They're really cheap. And it, unfortunately, so are the shares these days, because mm-hmm. um, it's fallen from around $2.20, and they seem to have steadied around sort of 80 85 cents on this news and they do seem to have maybe turn the corner but as we know telco land is very competitive at the you know at the moment everyone is doing uh you know more data for less money and more freebies for less money and trying to package them up so this one's really been under the um, under the pump and the ceo is getting a new gig i think he's moving over to um to Foxtel um, and the founder who has been a, a director for for some time and has sort of been watching from the sidelines is going to step back in and take over the challenge but it is it is a tough gig at the moment being a, a telco and you know Telstra shareholders will know only too well so will Focus so will TPG um, so will Optus um, shareholders as well so um, yeah it's, it's, it's a hard space very competitive 25 million people and four mobile carriers that's yep. never going to work uh, someone's going to exit at some stage someone will and uh, maybe it will be flopped us after the uh, World Cup debacle um, and Vodafone seem to be back on track and then you've got uh, TPG building a whole new system so, and you've got Telstra so very competitive mm-hmm. mm. and speaking of competition it looks like <laughs> the gloves are off between Andrew Forrest and Gina Reinhardt yeah, over control of a little iron company. Yes, well, this is um, this is a little iron company. This actually was a stock that I was pushing yes. hard on Sky Business and looked a bit of a clown for a while. Um, and um, luckily, Gina and Andrew have ridden to my rescue. Yes, and they've um, they've well, Gina at least has bid for the company. Um, she's currently bid four point two cents in cash for the company. Uh, and the attraction of Atlas is uh, it is an iron ore producer, but it also has some very um, important and valuable slots at the Port Hedland loading facility. Um, there is some questions about what their rights to it um, in terms of uh, they're supposed to, the West Australian government says that it's um, it's supposed to be for junior resource companies, both spots. Um, now, whether you would class Gina Reinhardt's um, company as a junior resource company remains to be seen. But Twiggy's got 20% of uh, the company, and uh, Gina's got 20% of the company. She's slapped down her wallet um, on the table with that 4.2 cents, and we're waiting to see whether Twiggy uh, matches it or goes higher or whatever. But um, certainly it's interesting to see these uh, rich um, West Australian magnets um, playing for uh, playing for keeps in um, for, for Atlas Iron, which was at a cent, cent and a half not so long ago. So uh, Central Petroleum mm. has signed a, an agreement with Incitec Pivot the supply of gas. Yeah, this is, this is actually quite a big deal. Central Petroleum, uh, taking its cue from its name, um, actually is in, in Central Australia, basically, and they have a project called uh, Palm Valley, um, not far from Alice, and um, it was kind of pretty much um, on the back burner, and Intertech Pivot have a plant 
uh, produces fertilizer in the Gibson Island uh, in Brisbane, which again was going to be on the back burner because high power prices were sort of killing it. Um, now, the deal they've done is that Central Petroleum will be um, well, pumping its gas um, 3,300 kilometers yes. um, from, uh, from the, um, the Central Australian uh, Tennant Creek area and to, uh, to Mount Isa. And then there will be a big new pipeline. It's called the Northern Gas Pipeline, which runs for 620 kilometres. And it will go on this roundabout route and end up in, um, in Brisbane. Uh, and it will enable Intertech to continue um, that, that production of fertiliser. And it also opens up, uh, I guess, Northern Territory gas into the eastern seaboards, which can only be a good thing. Um, they've still got to build this, um, this pipeline, which is going to be run by APA. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting deal, though. So yeah, hopefully it will be the start of more to come. Central Petroleum is interesting because it's, it's run by that Richard Cotty who, it is. who did very well for the shareholders in Queensland Gas. He did. Yes. He did, and he makes good jam. Yes. <laughs> I don't know whether... I think he's distant related, he said at one stage when he went... Could well, yeah. Could well be. Could well be. Yes, but an unusual name. But yeah, he has done very well in the past. So, uh, Central Petroleum has been his, um, his his big vehicle recently, and there have been a lot of tussles and fights over this one. So it's mm-hmm. good to see them getting their gas up and running and into the eastern seaboard. Yes, and uh, CSS share prices fallen a bit on expectations of a slowdown in the building industry. Yeah, I guess you know it's one of the casualties of a housing slowdown is uh, is CSR. I have to say, you know, they had their um, their AGM and the MD got up and was talking, and it wasn't you know there wasn't particularly bad news, and it was all good news. They're they're being knocked around a bit by how higher power prices as well. They've got their aluminium smelter, and uh, aluminium is a very high consumer of. Mm. Uh, of electricity, so that's uh, that's been knocking them around. But there were, it wasn't too down about the whole housing thing. And I guess you know, even if uh, houses don't sell, uh, people are doing renovations, etc. But you know, CSR has been one of the casualties. I guess it hasn't really uh, bounced like the rest of the market has done. Borrow's pretty much the same as well. They've both been under a bit of pressure because of this uh, perceived slowdown and and the consequences for them. But he wasn't too down market about the whole thing. Mm. Maybe, maybe there's still life in the uh, in the renovations market. And uh, well, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Um, as, as the people stop swapping houses, they're probably going to turn to renovating instead. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, know, I know up here it's very difficult to get a builder to do anything. So, well, we've got lazy ones down here as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that they're lazy. I mean, they got lots of work on. Um, right, there doesn't seem to be any shortage of. Yes. That, that is for sure. You, you know, there's Ute City on the northern beaches of, uh, of Sydney. It's um, it's tradies everywhere and, and Utes everywhere. And then at three o'clock they knock off and go surfing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fair enough. Well, they start at six, don't they? Um, so uh, who doesn't, Stephen? Who uh, doesn't? Yes, yes. Essex <laughs> commenced some action against AMP. Um, yeah, poor old AMP. I mean, they're really, uh, they're really in trouble. Um, ASIC is taking action against them, and they've got uh, their troubles are coming in battalions at the moment. But uh, they are taking action. Uh, they're alleging that um, the financial planning uh, side of things it failed to ensure that its planners complied with the best interests and duty under the Corporations Act. And there's some uh, there's some uh, allegations that they were doing what's called rewriting conduct, which is uh, cancelling existing contracts for life insurance and, and putting.
putting them into other products and, and just really doing the wrong thing. So ASIC's coming after them as they should. So, um, yeah, it's just not getting much um, much fun for, for the A&P team at the moment, as yes. it uh, deservedly shouldn't. Yes, and what, and what were these directors, particularly one who's been on the board for 12 years, been doing for the last 12 years? They've been uh, eating the biscuits, drinking the tea, and collecting a big fat remuneration check yes, yes. and uh, and have done very nicely out of it unfortunately shareholders haven't and this you know this stock's at an all you know it's all-time low sort of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sub 360 it's it's crazy mm-hmm. and it was 540 before all the all the, the, uh, the stuff hit the fan yes and it was 20 at one stage but yeah um i think yeah it was you're right time ago blue Blue Sky, alternative investments, uh, they've been alleged to have been running a Ponzi scheme now. There's, there's an oxymoron, isn't it? Blue Sky. Yeah, this is, this is an intro. This, of course, was the stock that was targeted by the short seller, uh, the sort of infamous short selling company, Glaucus, um, with a uh, report that basically said the company was only worth $2.66. Um, at the moment, I'm sure the shareholders would actually quite like it to be worth $2.66 because it's trading below that. And, of course, now they're, they're talking that um, maybe the whole thing is a Ponzi scheme and that uh, listeners will know that Ponzi schemes are basically where these tr- have to keep attracting new investment to pay the, the, uh, the dividends and the profits back to the old yeah. investors. Yeah. And it's a kind of a round robin, which is all very well and works a treat for the people running the scheme until they can't attract any new money and then yes. the, the existing investors want their money back. Of course, Bernie Madoff was the, uh, was the prince of the Ponzi um, and uh, Blue Sky has been accused of the same. I think they've got some investments in, in water, yeah. um, which seems to be the, the, the crux of the uh, allegations. Um, so it's, it's fallen an awful long way. There's not a day that goes by, I think, that uh, the AFR or uh, some of the Fairfax media get stuck into them, as they rightly should. But it has been a, an absolute disaster for poor old shareholders and lots of class actions and legal fees going to be uh, with that one for a long time to come, I think. Yeah, no, and the one thing in common with these Ponzi schemes that I can see is that they offer high returns, and it's a case mm. if the return looks too good to be true, it probably is. That is the golden rule of investment. If someone's saying it's too good to be true, it is. You're right. Okay, and um, none of that stuff's mentioned in Marcus today, of course. No, uh, I, no I, I'm having a good day today because Germany got knocked out of the World Cup. Oh, and, I, and I backed England, and they're still in, so that's good. Um, but yes, it, it, um, two-week free trial at marcustoday.com.au for anybody out there. And of course, if you're signing up at the moment, there is a potentially uh, some uh, deductibility for uh, for tax. Talk to your local friendly accountant like yourself, Stephen. Um, but certainly, it's uh, end of financial year specials on as well. So it's it's all um, it's all it's all good. Yeah. So just just qualify that to get a tax deduction, you'd have to have some kind of investment portfolio and invest in the share market. Yes. And you would have to sign up for the paid subscription and pay it before... I think, yes, you're uh, right. Well, Saturday, I think. Saturday? Yes, yes. yes. Plenty of time. Plenty yes, of time. Plenty of time. Got so get your sample for the next two days and then... <laughs> yeah, yeah, plenty okay. of time. Thanks, <laughs> okay. Stephen. And um, we're looking at the end of the financial year. 
Henry's talking, Stephen Pritchard, about next year, and of course he means next financial year. Next financial year, so there's all these end of financial year parties going on, I understand. There are, and there could well be something that might be useful for you to do yes. to get your So tax we've, got a, we've got a couple advantage. of days if you're looking for a few tax deductions and things we're going to talk about. Um, gifts to charities, if you want to give some money to your favourite charity and get a tax deduction for it, you, you, you have to do that by uh, Saturday, and the money actually has to be in the charity's hand and out of your bank account. Right. So, um, and when you're giving money to charities, make sure that they've got a a deductible gift registration number, either DG1 or DG2. So that can be confusing. For example, um, if you give money to um, uh, the Red Shield Appeal, that that appeal's got a deductible gift deductible gift recipient number but the Salvation Army generally hasn't so just make sure you give it to the right entity if you uh, want to obtain a tax deduction. So uh, you could fill your cheque up with writing couldn't you? <laughs> yeah we could but, but yeah yeah. All right. All reputable charities will, 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 will give you the deductible gift recipient and if they don't know what they do if, you don't, if, if they don't it's supposed to be on the receipts but if they don't know what you're asking for um, I wouldn't be giving them any money. Um, superannuation contributions. Um, if you still got um, two days to make your superannuation contributions, so remember your deductible limits um, twenty five thousand this year, and, in, and, and individuals can also contribute this year. So your total uh, deductible amount that can or concessional amount that can go into superannuation fund this year is twenty five thousand, um, and that once again has to be in the hands of the superannuation fund prior to the 30th of June. So um, I would suggest that if you're going to do that, you need to pay it by electronic funds transfer and not BPAY because BPAY takes a couple of days longer where EFT's um, kind mm, of immediate. Instant, is it? Yeah, yes, yes. So, mm. um, and then small business. Well, of course, um, if you're going to buy some new plant and equipment, um, you know, you haven't got much time. You you get a twenty thousand dollar instant write off on plant and equipment below the value of twenty thousand. So if you that's, think that's your total, ah, uh, no, each particular item, each item. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you want to buy some new computers or something, um, and you know which one you want to buy, um, I'd make sure I get the order in, um, and bought and paid for, um, in the next two days. So, so stuff like that. You you know. You can you can easily do it in the next two days, hmm. um, and for employed people, um, work related expenses. Um, the, the probably the major one there is uh, tools you need for work, um, subscriptions to professional associations, all those type of things. If you if you want a deduction in the current year, you need to make sure that the, that they're all paid for prior to Saturday. Now, there's, is there also the possibility of claiming some, um, say, mileage or kilometrage for car travel? Uh, in, in your tax return, yeah. Um, the tax office is getting, um, you know, there were some, without, you can claim up to 5,000 kilometres on the per kilometre rate. Now, it's not an automatic 5,000 kilometres. Whilst you don't have to keep a detailed logbook to make the $5,000 claim, what you do have to have is a reasonable basis for estimating that claim. So if you made, for example, trips to the university for work, some work-related purpose, for 48 weeks of the year and your diary had 48 weeks of reportment, you'd be entitled to work out... um, 
that 48 weeks times 17 kilometres, that's what my kilometre rate. You have to have some basis for me. You can't just put down, I did $5,000 for the year, a 5,000 kilometres for you. And I know that's one of the areas the ATA is targeting people who are just claiming this flat 5,000 Ks. Mm. Okay. Um, prepaid interest. Um, if you've got some investment loans, um, you might be able to still prepay some interest on that. You can prepay up to 13 months and claim a deduction in the current year. So that's uh, you know, a lot of the margin lenders offer that type of facility. So what happens next year then? Because you've already paid it for next year. Well, it could be the case that, that, that you, you, you've got a big tax bill in this year and Oh, you're true. right. I mean, it's just deferring it. But, but you know, there's people who need to defer it for various reasons. Yes. Tax bill this year, you've sold an investment property, you're going to have a capital gain, then you haven't got one next year. Right. Um, uh, prepaid leases, if you're in small business and you've got um, some plant and equipment or something you're leasing, once again, the 13-month prepayment rule applies. Just make sure you've got the 13 months prepaid at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And one of the easiest things, of course, if you've got um, some listed um, some listed shares um, in an investment portfolio, there's been a few takeover offers this year that you may have made a capital gain on. Go through your portfolio and look at shares that you that, that you're not losing that you're losing money on that you might want to sell. Um, get those sold before the 30th of June, and you'll get to claim the loss on those things against your capital gain in the current year. So is uh, now a really good time to take a look at your share portfolio? Uh, yeah, anyway. around this time, I always say, you know, if you, well, these people get round to it every now and again. Around Christmas when you've got plenty of time and the financial, towards the end of the financial review, um, because the, once the transaction's gone through the share market, your ownership's changed. You don't actually have to wait to get the money or settle the money. It's the right. date on the contract, mate. So if you want to go through it tonight and sell these shares that you've made a loss on, you've got time to do that tomorrow. Okay, just in case you had anything planned for tonight. And you can't do it on Saturday because um, the market's not open on Saturday. Ah, oh, so it has to be t- has to today be or tomorrow. Today or tomorrow, so there's that. Yeah. Now, when you were talking about subscriptions earlier that could count as part of it, do they have to be things that are definitely related to the line of work you do? Yeah, they have to be related to For work. magazines and papers. Oh, well, I was talking more about professional associations. Oh, so right, like okay. Industry bodies, like um, if you're a small business, um, you <coughs> um, maybe the Chamber of Commerce, um, the, the, a lot of the professional bodies seem to have 30th of June subscription dates, mm. so pay it this year instead of the 1st of July. Magazines and newspapers, uh, don't Magazines that are technical magazines that are work-related. Yeah. Once again, um, they have to be work-related. And it can be very difficult to justify newspapers. <laughs> yes. Um, I suppose if you're a bookmaker and you need the racing form. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, so newspapers can be very difficult to justify. Um, uh, uh, but once again, if you want to pay the next 12-month subscription on any work-related expenses, you, you can do that and get a deduction in the current year. But the big thing for small businesses is this 20000 deduction on plant and equipment. So that's something to keep <laughs> yeah. in. Well, thank you very much, Stephen Pritchard. And we will head off to the end of the financial year well-armed with how to give ourselves tax advantage. 